0: coming to you from the lab, where they talk about guns, gear, training,
1: and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Mike and Big Keith, and this is The Gun Experiment.
2: How's it going, everybody, and welcome to The Gun Experiment. This week, Keith and I talked to the master marketer behind the Bugatti of 1911 handguns and discussed the considerations behind buying your first 1911. I want to remind everyone that we release new content every Tuesday morning, so be sure to subscribe and share the show with friends. And this episode is brought to you by Target Sports USA. Be sure to check out their Prime membership, which gets you 8% off, free shipping on all ammo orders, and a whole lot more all for $95 a year. If you'd like to sign up or purchase ammo, please go to targetsportsusa.com forward slash the gun experiment. And as always, I cannot start the show without the big man across the table. My co-host, Big Keith is in the house.
0: What's going on, my friend? What's
2: going on? I don't How know. I, I think this has become a little bit of a habit, but I'm back on the whiskey train. I love it on this I, show. I, don't I know what's feel going on. like I have. I feel like I pusher you woke, man. You woke up a dragon. I'm a pusher man. I'm pushing.
0: <laughs> so uh, uh, how's life?
2: Okay, I'm. I'm fighting a little cold, so if I sound a little off, uh, it it could be that I'm a little congested. But okay, where uh, I I I was telling somebody the other day. I said uh, they said uh, you have a cold. Like what happens when you have a cold or or whatever, and you have to record? And I said I. I fucking do my job. You do it like a professional. Yeah. No, I I I said I told him, I said, I made a promise to myself that you I would never- You put those Miami Vice neons on and you get in that chair. That's right. I made a promise I would never miss an episode. And I did one during when I had COVID. Oh, yeah. Remember, you right. had to do yeah. it from your house because I, I had COVID. I, you banned me. I yeah. couldn't come in. I wanted to get the COVID, but you wouldn't let me. So I have um, some cool news for you. Yeah, what's that? I didn't even tell you this off the air. Um, we are our sponsor, Target Sports. Yeah. So... um they sent us some nice ammo, which they do from time to time. I
0: was going to, I saw it on the table. I was going to mention it, but I feel like we talk, we say it every single time. And I'm like, somebody's going to start knocking on our door because we get yeah. ammo
2: every week. Well, we're, 15, we're so in that. a bunker <laughs> 600 people the around. the ground. They'll never find we're us. We're in Mexico. Yeah. But uh, so CJ from Target Sports called and she said, um, I'm sending you a little present. And she sent us, uh, she said, I'm sending you our own uh, shotgun shells. Oh, that's cool. And uh, I looked them up and it's meant for a trap.
0: I I think I ordered some in my prime order.
2: Maybe. Well, we what's she, the name, what's the name, brand I don't, name? I don't it was like know. some weird
0: name. I didn't know the name of. But about. she sent it, it, it to us. Sure. Oh, that's so, nice
2: of her. Um, yeah. So anyway, I just I'm very thought, happy. I feel that since bad I don't shoot me. trap, I figured you'll wind up getting all of it. Well, that's very nice. So you, yeah.
0: I'm going to make you shoot that. Okay, you're I'll coming. Go, I'll gonna, go with you. We're going to stay on the begging train. We seem to do those things when we beg each other to come shoot. That's fair. <laughs> um,
2: so I have a, a review for you.
0: Oh, I, I noticed this on the notes. I'm pretty excited. Yeah. I, I, I can't help. I saw the New Yorker part. Yeah, I like it. So
2: it's a five star and it's it was titled Fellow New Yorker, which I thought was cool. And Fellow New Yorker said, uh, downstate New Yorker living on the island in the same cesspool, but part of the gun community. Enjoy listening on my daily commute. I think that's kind of cool. Uh, keep up the good work and great content and continue being a law abiding criminal. That's <laughs> definitely sort of, listens. That's, yeah, he definitely <laughs> listens to the show. Horseface, if you don't know, that is our governor. Horseface <laughs> has to go. Riding the 2A movement on a red wave. Thanks for your time. Thanks for the time you dedicate to something many New Yorkers love, Billy. Well, thank you, Billy. Yeah, thank you, Billy. And the name is so easy. It's yeah. like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, uh, that, that's, uh, always helpful if you guys leave us reviews and uh, leave those five stars for us on Apple podcasts, but, uh, we are very, very close. I know this is small potatoes to compare to some people, but we're very close to our 1000th Instagram follower. So if you could jump on Instagram or recommend to a friend who's a gun owner and have them jump on and follow us, that would be a huge boom for us. I would appreciate that.
0: Can they get two people? Would it be better if like they, and then they made themselves do it can or someone else do it? I
2: want them to get all the Instagram followers. On. All of them. Every, okay. You get cool. every one of them and you win. I wonder if there's a number that we could
0: say that would get me on
2: Instagram. Oof. It'd be a big number. I'll tell you that. We're at a thousand now. So you, you got to think about it. <laughs> I'll this. think about it, but it's all a right. big number. Um, So we're going to get into this interview, but before we do that, tonight's interview is brought to us by Flatline Fiber Co. Flatline creates quality sewn goods for the firearm community. Whether you're looking for a new sling or maybe some ear pro wraps to make that range session more comfortable, they've got you covered. All products are made by hand in the USA. They include free shipping and have a lifetime warranty. Use the discount code GUNEXPERIMENT10 at checkout to get 10% off. And thank you for supporting the companies that support us. And I want to just say, Keith... um, I'm getting ready for hunting season. Uh, yeah, me I'm too. not ready to go out yet. I, I got some other things I got to take well, care of. But it's getting late, so we. Yeah, uh, but uh, I I I talked to Chad, and I'm going to get a uh, sling from them to put on my rifle. My oh, my cool. leather one kind of got beat up. Beat up, and I was like, let me get one from Flatline. So yeah. I'm going to get just a plain black with the padded cool. shoulder. Yeah, good deal. Yeah, yeah, man. All right, you ready to do this? Let's go. All righty. So today we have a representative of one of the most exclusive firearms companies in the country. From the rolling hills of Western Pennsylvania, Cabot Guns creates all-American investment-grade pistols, complete with aerospace fit technology. Our guest tonight is the sales and marketing specialist behind these works of art. Please welcome Nick Morrow to the show. Nick, how we doing? Glad to be here. Hey, oh, sorry, what's going I just
1: on? I got excited. I'm like, I, I heard the sound, and I just jumped right no, in. No, that's yeah, okay. You were good.
2: Yeah, no, I, I mute the guests because they tend to do that. I I, I just shut you guys down.
1: Yeah. Oh, nice, perfect. Yeah. yeah, shut shut me down as much as you want. So it's going to happen a lot tonight.
2: So, uh, listen, you're you're a sales guy. I'm sure you've been shot down once or twice. So you're probably uh, used to it.
1: <laughs> never take the first yep, no, yep. right, Nick? You know, you never take the first no. But uh, it, over the last few years working uh, with Cabot, and we have another brand uh, called Alchemy Custom Weaponry, um, it, it's been a crazy roller coaster where a lot of times we're having to say no to customers. So, oh, as a, a sales guy. As a sales guy, I'm kind of, you know, very privileged right now. But yeah. it's it's been, it's been a crazy how, few years. How I'm
0: did sure. you learn to say that word? That's like not supposed to be in your vocabulary.
1: <laughs> you know, when you're dealing with uh, people that are looking for something very specific, sometimes you just have to, you know, man up and say no. There it's you okay. Go.
2: So, speaking of the uh, firearms you produce, I thought you were going to say man it up and no. <laughs> speaking of man it up. Uh, <laughs> You know, there's a lot of high-end 1911 manufacturers, but your company's firearms are like the amalgamation of Steve Jobs, Pablo Picasso, and Thomas Edison working together on a single project. Um, If if those names are, if you don't know why I chose those names, it was the perfectionist, the artist, and the inventor. That was where I came up with that. But I really do feel that that embodies sort of what you guys are doing. So, how does a company like this even get started? Like, what is your backstory? How did it? kind of come about did you guys just like go for broke and say like we're just going all in or did you start out kind of small and work your way up to that type of caliber
1: well you know i was trying to think of how to encapsulate the story in a a, a, like a short blurb and there's so many offshoots and so much interesting stuff that's gone on I, i i might you know kind of have some tangents but the reality is the company was actually only started 11 years ago Um, And it was uh, our CEO and founder, Rob Biankin. He's actually from Canada originally, immigrated here, is probably the most patriotic person that you'll ever meet. And he was looking around, and patriotic in the sense of, you know, America, and was looking around right around 2010. And the firearms market was so much different 12 years ago. And there there were custom shops making 1911s. But he was always looking across the pond to, you know, shotgun manufacturers like, you know, you see uh, Parazzi, you know Holland and Holland, all of these amazing legacy brands of these high end shotgun manufacturers and high end rifle manufacturers like for for hunting rifles and big game guns. And he looked at it and said, you know, there's got to be the equivalent here in the United States for made in America and that American exceptionalism. And. At the time, you know, there's a lot of guys doing a lot of great things, but nobody really putting that time into creating a luxury product. And he took the 1911, said, we want to take the 1911 to the next level because it really embodies America from its core. So started there. And uh, I'll tell you what, the the first few years, people thought he was crazy, um, you know, saying that'll never work, making pistols that tight. That are, that are you know made to those tolerances that are that nice looking, they'll never work. Well, turns out they work very, very well when they're done properly, but no one's going to want them. And uh, he was very diligent about it. And once people understood what it was, it just started to take off. But there was a lot of real interesting turns along the way. And uh, one of the things that really put Cabot Guns on the map was the Big Bang set. Um, And I got to give this to Rob. This is before I was with the company. But this was a a pure stroke of genius where he said, you know, we're making these amazing 1911s. Well, what if we take the 1911 and make it out of some really amazing material? And he chose a big old piece of space rock, a meteorite. And uh, once again, people said that couldn't be done. And and, uh, his team, the team spent about a year and a half figuring out how if they could even take this one giant meteorite turn it into a matching left and right hand 1911 that would work. And after a year and a half, almost two years of doing this in secret, um, they unveiled it to the world. I think it was NRA in 2016 and at the NRA show there. And that just took the world by storm and really put Cabot guns on the map for making luxury pistols, but just doing things that, that people are unwilling, unable, or just think we're too crazy to do. That, I mean, that's also a
0: quarter of a million dollar gun, right? Like that wasn't, you didn't make that for somebody?
1: Uh, no. So the material itself, just the meteorite itself, because meteorites actually right? um, it's very expensive. So to get one large meteorite, it was, it was very, very expensive. It was, it was, you know, in the hundreds of thousands of dollars just for the rock itself.
2: If I could really quick, I have a, a small background in, uh, in science and, uh, mm. particularly studying, uh, a little bit of that, that kind of stuff. And, I've, I've always, I find it's not, I find astronomy very interesting, but you know, meteorites are, you know, super cool. Right. I mean, it goes, goes into like how our entire, you know, planet was created and stuff like that. So it gives us a lot of background into our planet, but I just think it's very, very cool that you were able to do something like that. So it's, for me, it's really kind of near and dear to my heart of some things that I'm interested in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean the, the meteorite set or the big bang set, um, you know, that was six years ago and people still know us for that. Every time we're at a show, you know, people come up and Hey, when you look up, you, you you got sorry, to- Nick, I apologize.
0: Yeah, when you look up, you know, Cabot Gun, that's one of the first things that pop up. I mean, it's definitely uniquely to you and it's probably been a huge marketing from your perspective success. I'm sure.
1: Well, it's it's been gigantic. And I mean, you know, not just that the guns are made out of meteorite, but that they actually fire, because when you look at meteorite, you know, it's mostly iron ore, rock and, you know, zinc and other materials like that. But there's some stuff that you don't even know what's in it and you don't know how it's going to work. How are you going to make the rails work? Um, You're basically making guns out of some unknown rock. And the cool thing is, is is the in meteorite, there's this windman statin pattern that only exists in meteorite. And it's from the, the constant heating and cooling over billions of years of this rock. So this is something that cannot be duplicated right? because yeah. meteorite is so unique. So we had to do some really cool things. But I mean, you know, the, the coolest thing about that set is it's a set. We actually make left-handed, fully inverted 1911. So our our mirror sets...
2: Don't go down that road just yet because I do want to talk <laughs> okay. about that, Okay.
1: Yeah, I want to go back
0: to the history just a little bit because you did a good job at giving a a summary of that, but I had read some things that I found kind of interesting about, you know, obviously the parent company of where this came from. And a lot of times I get that that's a totally separate company and it has its own things and all that other stuff. But I liked the part of that story that was, and again, you can, I guess, tell me if this is true. It was something I read. It doesn't mean that it's true. Was that, you know, the first that Cabot really made as a group was just a a fun project to keep guys going through a tough economic time.
1: Uh, I don't know how much uh, that is. I'm going to be honest because that that was before my time. I really can't speak to that. But I will say that the first, the beginnings of Cabot was a fun project, like, Hey, let's see if this works kind of a thing. And it did, it, it did just kind of,
0: the story that I had read was it was sort of around that it was a tough economic time and the parent company, which I guess it's, you know, I don't know how much of it you you know about or want to talk about, but you know, uh, they made a precision tooling on that side. And it was like, we can mm-hmm. do this. Let's make sure we do this the best we can do and let's have fun with it. And, um, this is where it went, you know, which I think is really cool, but it brings me to one of my other questions, which is, you know, Mike mentioned there's plenty of custom 1911 manufacturers, but, you know, Cabot is, dare I say, unique in its manufacturing process of these level, this level of custom, you know, gun, um, almost no hands, right. Um, all precision machined, you know, and just, it's not, it's, it's like the complete opposite of say like a Nighthawk.
1: And, you know, it's interesting. It, it, it's, there's two ways, two sides that you have to look at it. First off is the, the making of the actual parts most people don't realize this, most companies aren't actually making their own parts. There's machine shops that make their own, that make parts for a lot of companies. They get their print, they make them oversized, meaning the frame rails are too big, um, so that you actually have to fit the parts together to get that, that really tight frame to slide fit is from hands going in and filing these parts down the barrel. The barrel bushings are, are overfit. So they have to be filed and lapped to to fit into work. And all the interior parts, the internals have to be filed and hand fit. Um, and that's traditionally how you have to make a, a custom, you know, tight fit 1911. Well, Cabot does it different. The parts themselves, the internals, we make our parts, our sears, hammers, hammer struts, our slides, our frames, all this. And we go beyond just making the parts. We actually source the material from domestic steel, meaning this is U.S. made steel on U.S. foundries, which is Unbelievably hard to do these days to actually make your gun in the US and go that far to find the best materials and to, you know, have that true domestic production. So you start with the best materials. You have a lot of, you know, high tolerance machining. There is hand fitting in the end, um, meaning like, you know, barrels, you really do want to hand fit certain parts of a barrel. You want to make sure that the trigger is set hand by hand. Um, and then all the blending and finishing is done by hand too. So we have amazing gunsmiths that take amazing parts and then to the next level with the finish and the fit. And so, the so
0: this tight tolerance to start with though, makes it really easy to have replacement parts and interchangeable parts, you know, because they're already so gosh darn close.
1: It does on a lot of things. I mean, obviously, internal parts, it does make it very, very easy. Now, the the trade-off to that is since we're making everything on our own machines and we're having high-tolerance machining, that means that it takes a lot of time on the machines. It's hard on machines, it's hard on tooling, and there's a lot of man hours in there. So, people would say, oh, if you're using a machine, it should be less expensive. Well, those machines not are pretty really. expensive. Yeah, you got to run them. You got to run <laughs> no, them. W- I mean, I, well, the, mach- I, I, the machines are expensive, and we're not running them like we're not running them like a job shop. Like we we're we're making our frames three at a time. Yeah, like and and we have to check them. Right. Like it's it's not it's not a a, a zip in zip out process. It's not something that you can stuff. set and then forget. Right. 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 There's no set and forget there's, there's no such thing in, in, in what we do, especially when you're dealing with materials like Damascus, where, you know, you're w- one of our guys said that machining Damascus steel is like, uh, you know, trying to wrangle a bunch of pit vipers that are trying to bite <laughs> you while balancing on a barrel. Like, cause you never know if the, the, the spindle or the, the, the tool head is going to hit a, a pocket of softer material or harder material and you're going to have to hit those oh shit button. And, uh, And turn it off before you destroy this, you know, thousands of of dollars, just piece of Damascus steel.
2: Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I never thought of that because you aren't dealing with just like one solid piece of steel, right? There's imperfections and whatnot, Mm -hmm. right? So yeah. 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 Speaking of the Damascus steel, you know, anyone that looks at one of your guns instantly appreciates the beauty, right? I mean, it's, you, it's undeniable, but, Mm. uh, with your guns, I find more than just the actual appeal of the look. The devil is really in the detail. A couple mm-hmm. of guns that I you know, I was looking through different different stuff and two that I kind of want to point out a couple of things. One was the Trump gun, and the other is the inversion gun. <laughs> um, you know, so like the the Trump gun. I was reading up on it. And Keith, I don't know if you saw this, but I saw a picture. Uh, you know, the things that I found so amazing with that is uh forty fifth president, forty five caliber, uh, which I, you know, I was like, Man, I didn't even think of that. That's really cool. And then only time that could happen. And then you guys made forty five of them. And then the serial numbers, and Keith, I don't know if you saw this part, uh, every serial number from one to forty five was the president of that position. So oh, that's cool. The Washington one or, or one wash I don't know if it's which way it is, but that's the serial number for the mm-hmm. first gun. And then, you know, Adams would be two and and so on and so forth. And
1: I got Jefferson.
2: Yeah, I saw I saw uh <laughs> Uh Washington and Lincoln sold for quite a bit. It was-
1: yeah, yeah. I don't remember the exact amounts on them. What one of them? Yeah, one of them uh, was auctioned off at an at NRAILA for a hundred. Like i right around a hundred, I believe. Um, and cool story about that is you know we when we'd go out to do something like we stick to what the heart of the matter is. So if we only made 45 of those guns. They were all 24 karat gold plated. Wow. Um, you know, like it's, it's not, you know, titanium nitride or gold PVD. It's full 24 karat gold plating. And, and a lot of the people that bought those guns, they shoot them and they send us videos of them. Go, you know, go figure. Yeah. Um, but a, a cool little inside story is uh, Obama's gun was actually the only left hand gun, uh, out of that entire set, so Obama's gun was backwards because obviously he was to the left.
2: Oh, I didn't, I didn't pick I up I on it. it was left-handed? Yeah, no, I did too. So there you go. So there again, the the devil's in the details. So my first question for that is, um, I heard that the Trump family got one of them. Did they get number forty-five? Was that the one they got? So you know?
1: we don't really talk about all that. <laughs> How I, I will say. <laughs> I, I will say, um, yes, so the, the Trump family did actually get two of them and we made a 46th and the 46th was actually silver plated and had a special serial number for someone in the Trump family. So it's a set of 45, but there is a 46th one out there okay. that's that is silver. i love silver, that
2: you don't talk about it but you either. just talked about it completely <laughs> thank, thank you for that
1: well you know you don't know who it, it, it could be like you know joe trump Yeah, yeah sure. you know that's like that's like seven times removed you don't know who it is it's definitely not it's definitely definitely not don jr I,
2: so i i'm pretty open about this i'm a pretty big trump supporter i, I don't think he was perfect but i'm, I'm a pretty big trump guy You know, but I know a lot of gun owners really don't like him because the things he did, like the bump stock stuff and, you know, and I'm not debating that, but have you had any pushback from it? The fact that you're a gun manufacturer and some guys don't think he was too pro-gun. Have you had any issues? The
1: timing was actually, the timing was really, really good. Um, You know, and I'll I'll speak from like a marketing standpoint. So take the personal and the politics out of it. I'm just looking at the marketing standpoint. When we came out with those guns, that was 2016, 17. Okay. And, you know, the the entire right, um, regardless of whether you were, you know, super pro gun or not, was very hopeful of what his administration was going to do and where it was at. So the timing worked out great and they sold out and they were gone very quickly. Gotcha. So, you know, the Trump guns were a, a cool piece of history. The timing was right. Um, and by the time anybody you know, started to get upset about, you know, actual gun, you know, Executive orders and whatnot. the The project was over. Gotcha. So you know, the the timing was great. It worked out fine. And you know, every now and then we'll we'll make a fun political post and (laughs) uh, and joke about stuff. But
2: so now you mentioned the the left handed gun for Obama, which is you know again it was lost on me at first, but it's tremendous. You also made a gun called the inversion. The inversion is a completely left-handed version of a 1911 so everything is the opposite and the things yep. that i found really remarkable with this is um it actually fires the projectile the opposite direction the rotation is opposite which is crazy which is just yeah bonkers yeah,
1: well you know it's so funny because like the, the name inversion that that's that's from uh, my buddy, Jake Dwyer over the 1911 syndicate. So we call it a Southpaw. And, uh, you know, the, he he wanted to do this whole inversion video. We're like, hey, man, go for it. It's your gun. We we don't care. And uh, he did this inversion video, which is a very cool way of saying that, yes, it is backwards. So it it is a it is a. You could say inverted nineteen eleven, where the, you know people have made guns where the the casing ejects out to the left side before. But we inverted, at, yeah. Now I'm using the word, damn it, huh. We inverted the whole thing. So yes, the 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 safety is on the right side of the gun for a lefty. Right. We have a mag catch that is designed for the right side of the gun, just like a lefty. The the um you know the plunger tube is reversed. The frame is reversed. And, th- and, and then, then you like went you and said, changed
0: the rifling in the barrel. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes yes well because if you think about it on a right-handed gun you have a left-handed twist and if you think about physics that's going to cause if you were thinking it wouldn't about eject, small left- left- Again, it, wouldn't eject. It, it well no it, it, the, the ejection would be fine but it's it's actually the way the gun feels in your hand because a, a bullet is spinning oh, yeah. okay. to the left or, or counterclockwise the bottom of the gun is going to press out to the that right so if you're right-handed that's pressing into your palm if you're doing it for a left-handed shooter you have a right-handed twist and it's going to invert or reverse uh, that uh, yeah. that pressure into your palm. It's minute, but it's noticeable. So
2: can you tell us the creative process that goes into coming up with these, like, intricate ideas? Like, the Obama one's a good one. Like, are you guys just sitting around and kicking it, and you're just like, you it so, great. Somebody cracks a joke. Yeah, like, <laughs> how do these kind of they're not silly, but they're kind of like fun. You know, these fun kind of little twists. How, do, how does this happen?
1: They, they come from all over the place. So it, it depends on the medium that you're talking about. So if we're talking about like an, an engraved gun, so engraved guns, like if you look at Dante's Inferno by Lee Griffith, like we, we have amazing Figa master engravers that we work with. Um you know, there, there's a theme that starts. The artwork is developed over a long time An engraved gun, a full coverage engraved gun is a two year process from us making it to the artwork, to finishing, to photography, to case, like to, to the whole thing, two years start to finish. Um, so there's a lot of thought process that goes into that. Sometimes there's uh, just, you know, we, we just have like a, a weird idea that, that pops into our head and we go with it and it works out. Um, on the Damascus steel what we tend to do is we actually look at like the the artisan damascus from uh, Robert Eggerling he's a this blacksmith in his 80s in Pennsylvania makes the most amazing steel you'll ever see and uh, we're actually going to have some some really cool content coming out on him and his process but what we do is we look at the steel and when you're looking at a, a just a, a a piece of steel a steel billet from from a blacksmith like that you really can't tell what it's going to be cuz it's all lumpy and burnt and crusty on the outside. So we'll cut a little bit. Um, it it in, has grains, right? Well, it has grain, but you can't see it when you cut it. You actually have to either acid etch it, heat treat it. There's a few different things that we can do to bring out different colors and different patterns, the way they present themselves. And we look at it and we say, you know what, this pattern reminds me of this. And we, we make the the frame cause we have to serialize it and we build the story around the gun as we're making oh, that's it. Cool. And then as, as the guns being built, um, our, our gunsmiths, like they work with so much Damascus steel. They do some crazy stuff that like people wouldn't even think to do to get this steel to present itself. And we don't know until the gun's done what it's going to look like because every piece of steel has to be treated differently to get the most out of it. Like we just did one called Leviathan. And when we saw the, the pattern, we're like, that definitely looks scaly and reptilian and uh, it presented itself like that, and we had to do a few different treatments to get the full color, depth, and, and texture out. But we knew from the very beginning that Leviathan was going to be something very primordial. Well, all
0: all of these ideas and processes, I think, is what gets you the... An amazing amount of press, right? So make probably, yep. dare I say, uh, I know you work hard, but it probably makes your job much easier to have cool things like this to talk about. But Maxim magazine has done multiple articles on, on Cabot. Um, yep. do they just know a good custom 1911 or do you guys have a connection? Do you pay for those spots?
1: No, no, we're actually very, very, very lucky that um you know, as far as magazine articles we don't we don't pay to play, and that's one of the things like when I got into the gun industry, I saw you know magazines in the gun industry like it's kind of disappointing when you realize that these gun mags are pay to play um you know the 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 companies that are getting all these spreads it's not necessarily because they're a good gun, they may not be a bad gun, but they're getting the the spread right. because in the covers because they're they're paying right. like they're paying for advertising that. um It's, yeah, it's it's all advertising and the more, the the more you pay, the more they play. Um, But yeah, no, Maxim, we just have a relationship and, you know, we're doing unique things that no one else is doing and it's hard. Like what we're doing is, is very difficult. It's not a, it's not an easy thing to do and it's not an easy way to make a buck. Um, But what it is, is it's, it's different. And I think that really, you know, hits people in a place where, where everything's kind of the same when someone is doing something different and it's working. Um, you know, people, people want to, people want to talk about it. So yeah, we've gotten a lot of good press from Maxim. Um, you know, a lot of gun, non gun content, non gun magazines and non gun websites will post our stuff because we, we're doing things that are more, that are just unique. And we're, we're taking guns, art, unique materials, putting it all together. And I like that because we're kind of ambassadors for the two-way into places where people wouldn't necessarily allow gun content.
2: I need to stop you really quick. I got to stop you really quick. So I've been on this mission as of late that I truly believe the way in which we save the Second Amendment is to modernize and to create inroads where guns aren't looked at as just Guns that do damage and guns that use for hunting, but they actually become part of our everyday mainstream world. Life, yep. Yeah. And I think the yeah. fact that you guys are able to do that in right, Maxim magazine, in Maxim magazine, in you know, no, quote unquote non gun stuff, that's how this. That's how we win, right? That's that's how we make it yep. like not so scary and like wow, these are just really cool, and that's it. So first off it's amazing. It's something I truly believe in, but to see you guys doing it, I wish that we could cross over into mainstream like that. So good for you well, guys.
1: We're, we're going to do as much of that as we can. And and that's really the key. So like in, in the gun industry and in the 1911 world, like, you know, our, our the the founder, Rob and, and Mike, you know, his, his partner, they got a lot of crap in the gun industry for a long time because people were looking at it going, no one wants that. You know, it's not, that, that's too expensive. Who are you building those for non-gun people? And we're like, well, no, the, you know, the, they knew the mission of making an amazing made in the U S like that American craftsmanship and making a good product, but also expanding the market for, for pistols specifically because the shotgun and the rifle market, you know, that's there, there's history there overseas. There's history there for, you know, hundreds of years, but the pistol market Specifically, you know, American made pistols hasn't had that. So that's really a mission. And that's that's done very intentionally is to appeal. You know, we're not trying to appeal to the guys on the forums. We're trying to appeal to to a lot of people who might not normally say, oh, wow, guns are beautiful they'll say they're scary well they can be beautiful too there's a beautiful part of our history right. and there's something there to to really pay attention to is to yeah. to reach the, out to other the people the problem
2: is is that you'll get someone who sees it on like a you know a beautiful 1911 and they see it in some art cover of an art magazine and they go oh i like that gun but that black scary AR15 I, yeah. I don't like that you know so it's like how do we you know that, but that that's not to say what you're doing is invaluable it's just we have to figure out a way to make it all Kind of, <laughs> yeah. kind of valuable to people but
1: uh well if, if you saw my if you saw my office where i'm sitting right now yeah i've got a bunch of 1911s but uh the amount of rifles scary black and, <laughs> and i actually spray paint most of my rifles because i'm just that guy <laughs> um you know the amount of high-end uh you know ars and, and whatnot that i've got sitting around here like the the, the reality is it's a it's what we have to do is get get the gateway open yeah. for people. So if, if we can get somebody to see a gun and not be repulsed by right. it. Well, you're doing that. Awesome yeah, doing no, like
2: that. definitely can't like get repulsed. Th- so that's the key. speaking of not being repulsed, I, I am blown away by the materials you guys are using. So I know you've used meteorite. Obviously, we talked about that to source material. I feel like I read somewhere that you might have used a T-Rex vertebrae at one point. Is that true?
1: It was a femur. Oh <laughs> Yes. Get it right, Mike.
2: <laughs> And what was yeah, that used for? I mean,
1: your, your, re, your research is like close, man, <laughs> but come on. I was expecting way more from you.
2: <laughs> what was that used for? Grip?
1: Yeah, yeah. T Rex femur. Um, obviously, it's fossilized, so yeah. you got to stabilize it and, and put it into a grip. There's so all kinds cool. of work. Like, like you know, it's funny, you know, what people go, oh, this is amazing. Look at this, you know, million year old piece. Some of archaeologist piece of T-rex must be femur. flipping in
0: his grave that you took a T Rex femur and made a hand grip <laughs> yeah. out of it. Yeah. <laughs> For real.
1: Well, you know, it's yeah. people look at that and say this belongs in a museum like Indiana Jones. And we're like, now nah, we're going to make, a, make gun a gun out of it. it yeah. you know, like, let's go do it. Are there yeah. some other like, unique like, materials like, that
2: you guys have experimented with? And is there anything on the horizon that maybe oh, yeah. could leak out to us? You're not very good uh, at I keeping it. anything
1: ah. out. But, you know, it's, um, yeah, I'm not good at keeping No, secrets. no, I'm, uh, I'm hoping I can
2: push this envelope a little but,
1: bit. You know, we're always testing new things and some things don't work out. And like the like the the Big Bang guns, for example, are are, a really good example of where we didn't want to leak it out because if it didn't work like that would suck if they broke in half, Um, you know, so they worked and uh, and they went out. But we're always experimenting with with new materials um and finding out what works best. Um, I can't really think of anything. specific I was trying to think like but, what know, would so,
2: I like? What would I you know? What could I think of? And the I, not very original compared to what you guys do, but like wood from like one of like the giant redwoods would be kind of cool. You know, like the sequoias and just those trees. Well, are,
1: hang on. Well, yeah. Okay, you you just got to shut your mouth right now. I don't know who told you about <laughs> that. But, good for you, Mike. That's a good guess. Is that a thing? That that was. Yeah. Well, there is going to be a thing. So I will give you a little sneak peek. Okay. All right. So we, we do have a a very, like a very limited, when I say limited edition, I mean like limited, some of our limited editions are like two. Okay. Just depends on how much material we have. So we do have some limited editions coming out that are going to have, uh, yes. Sequoia in them. Wow. That's cool. Um, And are, and are themed, but they are, oh my God, like, man, I wish I could tell can you, because it's so freaking Can I cool. give you
2: one more like, idea? I have one more idea for you. Since, well, it, it, that okay. wasn't an idea. Like, they're already doing it. Well, I mean, I didn't know that, though. <laughs> no, I gave them an idea, and it just <laughs> happened that they were on the same page.
1: Yeah, the, the, these should be out by the end of the year. Okay. Um, but, like, just stay tuned, because the whole story in the, in the material, in the gun, it's very... Cool it's I know y'all are East Coasters, yeah. but you know, no, I respect it's a very West hey, we, Coast. We, we like a good it's story a just because we live theme. in
2: New York. Yeah, what are you trying to say? New York was the only a good hey. story?
1: Hey, we got we got some stuff from there too. Like there's all there's a lot coming up.
2: Have you guys looked into um petrified wood? Yeah. Yeah. That 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 yeah. would look real cool. You ever see that key? Yeah, yeah, petrified yeah. wood. And the and the name itself petrified. I'm sure you can come up with some good like twists on that name.
0: I was thinking more like yeah, I was thinking more like, can you get like something that like glows, like metal that glows, like that would be cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, anything that that is self luminescence, radioactive. So no bueno. You know, like, you know what you, you could. Just, you just yeah, wear it, like
2: a leaded glove when you shoot it. You know no what you deal. could use. There are minerals that have self luminescence and they're not radioactive necessarily. Oh, there you' Bill go, man, the science guy yeah. right here yeah I, I, like I said I have a little bit a little bit of science background
0: but so uh, any cool. chance you guys will move into other firearm platforms besides 1911 I mean you got the machines to do it well
1: yeah you know y- the machines are one thing like right now people don't realize how small we are um we we make fewer than a thousand guns per year um which is very 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 small like, even when you think it's about like other two and a half a day like well, yeah. But I mean, if five days a week, like it's, it's true. You know, we that's have, true. I was not I mean, a lot of guns. I was
0: saying you're working seven days a week. I apologize. That's not, that's not, Plus but, holidays,
1: that's not no, a couple vacation days. Plus a yeah. So, you know, it's, it's you're in the weird, office but, this know, the late reality, at night, Nick. <laughs> I am in the office late at night. Yeah. But, um, you know, we're looking at expanding the platforms, but it has to, it has to really be the right thing. And we have to be able to make it out of Either crazy material, obviously, or domestic steel, and like this is one of the things that um, is is kind of a, a a bump for us. Is we've made the commitment to to you know not have Chinese steel or or you know even there's foreign steel that's very very good, but we want to be made in the U S. on the Cabot brand, and so we you know we've committed to sourcing U S. steel and U S. parts, um, you know you know for, for anything that we're not making in house. And uh, domestic steel, I mean, you want to put in, we we're just talking about it today. We want to put in an order for specific steel from a U.S. foundry that's U.S. made in 416R. It's 50 weeks, five zero. So if we want to do a new project, we have to prototype it. And then you have to go through the entire development phase, but you also have to pre-purchase all the steel a year in advance. Like it's not, you know, doing things the way we do is not the, not the smartest way from a business standpoint, but it is a very... Um, principled
2: way of doing gotcha so uh i was looking at uh sort of your price ranges and obviously there's stuff that auctions offer super high dollar amounts but uh it looks like kind of like the entry level is like somewhere around like between seven and eight thousand you don't have to say yes or no but that's around the area that i was finding online and obviously that is even that is a very high-end sort of purchase price for a for a firearm um so I recently, I literally, in the pro- process of buying a firearm, not at that level, um, but certainly not a a cheap firearm. And one of the things that this company did, and the reason I'm being elusive is because we'll probably talk about it on a different episode. But um, yeah. they recently kind of came out with like a line that is like their line for basically more of an entry level. So has there ever been any thought to like, hey, we can still do what we're doing, but sort of. Take off some of the bells and whistles, and kind of like do certain things to kind of get more of an entry level firearm for people who want to have a habit, yeah. but they don't want to spend higher production, 000. a higher production number gun that would be less expensive to make.
1: So, yes, we we we've thought about it a lot, and we can't do it. And <laughs> the way we do things, we can't do it without. Um, basically violating our our agreement which is you know the way we make guns the quality that we have it there's just we we can't increase production the way we do things so what we did instead is we started a different brand uh that is more of a traditional 1911 a traditional custom 1911 called alchemy custom weapon okay and so So an alchemy is, is it, it's made in the same facility, but we're doing the, the normal custom route, like a, you know, a, a Nighthawk or Wilson, um, you know, all those guys where we're hand fitting everything and the tolerances aren't quite as high and we're using different steel 4140 um, versus stainless steel or, or crazy materials. So it is that's that's what we decided to do is we couldn't we couldn't make them less expensive in fact they have they really should be more expensive when we look at the numbers um but we couldn't make it less expensive and still be a cabot. so we're like well we have to come up with a middle ground and so we came up with alchemy which was actually from um Rob Shawland he's been a gunsmith for years with his he was with Les Baer Armalite Springfield very well known when he came over to oversee the Cabot production, we bought his, his custom shop name and launched pistols based on his kind of vision for what a a custom 1911 should be. So I know we're talking about Cabot, but Alchemy is our other brand that is, is more attainable. Yeah. And that's, that's Um, a smart,
2: that's a really smart business plan because obviously the, uh, the company sort of, you're still getting the company, right. But you're, you're not, I don't want to say tainting. It's not the right word, but you're not, you're not, you're not watering down that product. Well, right. Yeah. But you're, you're giving, you look at, you're giving someone the option to still have your quality control, your, your people doing the projects. mm -hmm. And that's a nice way to do it.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you look at it, it's like, you know, Jaguar, when, when, when Jag was making their, their cars on Ford chassis, everyone was like, you know, like it's not, it's not a, it's not a real Jag to anybody. So it's, we we said, you know, we're not going to go that route. Right. We're going to have a separate brand and be completely transparent, which is very unique in any in industry, but especially in the gun industry yeah. and be completely transparent and say, here's what you're getting with Alchemy. Here's what you're getting with Cabot. And the differences are, I won't say one's better than the other. They're different. And the, the, the differences really speak to people in a different way. We have a lot of people that own a bunch of cabots and they get an alchemy and it has a different soul. Cause it's, it's that hand fit, you know, uh, frame and slide, right. everyone's going to be a little different cause they're all hand fit. Right. So each one has its own personality. Like I've got a, I've got a, one of our alchemy quanticos here and it's got this hard lock up in the barrel. It is the my favorite forty five to shoot, even among. Well, I got another Cabot that I actually like to shoot about the same, but this this alchemy just has a different soul, right? And everything has soul, and it's you know it, it just speaks to people sure. in a different way.
2: Well, it's so funny because you know going back to Cabot, they're so unique, right? Like I was actually saying to Keith, like I'm sure if like someone goes to your booth, your booth at Shot Show is probably pretty busy. You know, probably everyone wants to kind of get get a peek, and I feel like. They almost market themselves. It's like, you know, you you don't have, you said that earlier, like you almost don't have to do much. But as a marketing specialist, like I'm sure you don't have the same issues as someone from a more mainstream firearms company. You know, like someone from Ruger has a totally different set of challenges. So you must have challenges. So what are the challenges that you personally are faced with when dealing with such a high end piece?
1: Well, the, the biggest thing is going to be, um, you know, the, the customer experience, because when someone orders a Cabot, like they don't just go buy it. They they order it. Right. And it's it's a long wait right now. It's a year and a half. And, um, you know, it's it there's a lot of people that in the gun world, like gun People just aren't used to that. They're used to going to their dealer and, you know, checking out something under the the, the glass thing and racking it a bunch of times. And and we just don't make them any. So they're not out there for that. So right. we, we have to explain the process and walk people through it, keep them up to date during the process as much as we can. Um, and, and you know, be available to answer questions. So the biggest challenge is honestly just answering calls from and, and calling the same person over and over and over again for a year and a half. <laughs> um, and really, no, seriously, no, like, hey, it, you know, somebody else, somebody else, somebody else sells a gun. The only time they hear from him is when something goes wrong, which sucks. <laughs> but for us, you know, we, we're, we're like, we have a little relationship for a year and a half while they're waiting for their gun. And then like for the, you know, hopefully after that, we've made a, a life. It keeps, customer. it keeps
0: the excitement. It keeps the excitement of making a purchase like this until you get it in your hands. And, you know, it, it, it like keeping in touch and letting people know where it's out of the process. Like, you know, your steel is going into the CNC machine or right. whatever, you know, like that, something yeah, like I, that is, is really cool. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And we're, we're working on having better systems that way, because with, with the amount of orders that have, that have come in over the last couple of years, like we, we turn away, we're not accepting dealers right now. New dealers. Um, we turn away so much business because we just like, we can't deliver on what people want, but like just if we accepted everything, we, we couldn't deliver like we'd just be backed up for for five, six, seven, eight, nine years. And I mean, you can't even forecast out that far what the gun industry is going to be like. So you can't take orders and say, yeah, we're going to charge you X for a gun, you know, with the 10 percent inflation we got right now. Like, who knows? So there's just there's all kinds of challenges. So my real
0: serious question, though, the entire night is how do Mike and I get our hands on one of these to test against another or other custom 1911s?
1: How do you get on, get your hands on, are you in New York? We
0: are, we have an FFL. I can give you his number right now.
1: (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's a a few that could be around, you know, it, the thing is, I want to make sure that you get like, what is current. Um, Well, I'll let you pick. Pick. I mean, you can
2: trust you. Let me, let me tell you where this is coming from. So you, you haven't listened to enough episodes. I know you listened to one today, but Keith is currently waiting for a Nighthawk custom to come in. He bought a Nighthawk custom. So Ooh, nice. I I think there's a little bit of like, let me kind of let me let me do some comparison. Let me here. do some car- comparison here. You know, I just got something. Well and and you know like they make a very good gun and, and the
1: the thing to remember in all of this is when you're comparing you know you don't want to compare. I don't, I never make the what's better. I always say it's different. Yeah, no, I want to,
0: I want to see the differences for sure. I'm sure Mm -hmm. that I'm going to be impressed with both of them. Um, you totally, but you know, I kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier, but their motto, one hand, you know, one gunsmith, one gun. And you know, you're, you're sort of not really as much hands-on, I think, as they kind of claim to be, you know. So I, I, I'm interested in that. And when I say hands-on, you know what I mean. I mean like, you know, like oh yeah, like, yeah, like you were talking about earlier. Um,
1: yeah, go, go to our YouTube channel. We've got a video up from uh, Matt Dorito. He's oh, I watched actually, that. It's uh, awesome.
2: A, a, that guy's great.
1: Yeah, and that, and that's so cool. Like it, like. We're, we're hands on, like yeah. I felt bad machines, after after it came out of
2: my mouth. I apologize. No,
1: no, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Like like it, it's it's tough to explain. It we're is. We're actually is. more hands on than anybody else because like it comes in as just a piece of friggin' steel and then it leaves as a gun like we're, our hands are on it the whole way. We grind it in house. Like we have little wire EDM machines that, you know, cut parts out with an electrode that, you know, it's like watching paint dry, but like we do all this stuff in house. So we,
2: we're, I was saying to Keith earlier, not to interrupt you, but, uh, everyone knows of Henry Ford and, and, you know, how he basically used the assembly line, right. That, that model of, of, uh, production. And the Japanese have a very different style where they put a team on one car and that whole team basically sees it from start to finish. And I took a class way back when in college and they were talking about these are two different models. One's not better than the other. It's just a difference of philosophy, yeah. right? And so I, I yep. kind of compare it to that as it's like you can have two very well-made vehicles or two very well-made guns and have two different philosophies on how you get to the end result you know what i'm saying
0: and we and all joking
2: aside we would love the opportunity to compare that or to just get an opportunity to Yeah kind we could of feel talk both. we could talk about that later but i want to move on to running gun but uh where can people find you guys i mean it's pretty easy but go ahead and give your shout out
1: Oh yeah, we are cabotguns.com. It's it's really easy. And it's not Cabo. People yeah. think it's there's some weird pronunciation French, you know, and you, intonation on it. No, it's cabot yep. guns. It's cabot Pennsylvania. Cabotguns.com, Cabot Guns on Instagram, yeah. Cabot Guns on Facebook, Cabot Guns on YouTube. Yeah, there.
2: I have all the links there. And I mean you guys have a great um you have some great stuff on YouTube. You have really great content on Instagram. So uh definitely go check them out. Uh really, really good stuff. And the guns are out of this world. Literally one of them is from out of this world. So I do want to get to Run and Gun. Uh, Run and Gun is sponsored by Resurgent Arms. get 12% off with our discount code GUNEXPERIMENT12. Uh, Resurgent Arms, they have uh, recently gotten into uh, AR grips and stuff like that, and they're making really good products, so check them out. Uh, Do you know what Run and Gun is, Nick? No. I'm going to ask you 10 questions. Oh. It is rapid fire. I want you to give me the first answer that comes to your mind. It is timed. Oh, damn. It is timed. And uh, we have a very lofty goal for you, so uh, be quick. Oh, crap. Yeah. Okay. All right? You ready to do this?
1: Hang on. I need a drink. All right. All right. No, I'm just kidding. Go okay, ahead. here we go.
2: Number one, what is your favorite gun in your personal collection?
1: Uh, it's a Quantico High cap
2: what gun, Alchemy. what gun would you buy if money was no object?
1: Oh, if money was no object, i get a transferable M16.
2: If you have a drink with one person living or dead, who would it be?
1: Uh, Teddy Roosevelt.
2: Favorite caliber?
1: Nine millimeter. Favorite hobby,
2: not gun related?
1: Flying. I'm a pilot.
2: If you could have one superpower, what would it be?
1: Oh, easily flying
2: without a plane. All hell breaks loose. Is it better to be armed or trained? Trained. Is it better to be loved or feared?
1: Ooh. Loved.
2: Rifle, pistol, or shotgun?
1: Rifle.
2: You're in the worst scenario imaginable. Who do you want to have your back other than your spouse?
1: I got a buddy out here named Chris uh, Mackie. He's a pistol shooter. Like, locally, he's my go-to for that.
0: Let's fix it up.
2: Well, you didn't bring any land speed records, Nick. I'm sorry to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, man! Like, well, yes, yeah, some of them I had to think. Yeah, for a I gotta second. tell you though, I was I love Teddy Roosevelt. So when you said that, I was like, my man. I'm like, that's 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 a good one. So and Keith also, yeah. Keith is also uh, a flying aficionado. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. Oh, nice yeah.
1: rock and roll. Yeah, plane just got an annual uh, yesterday. So that that was expensive and fun. Very very that's cool. Part of the
2: part of the gig. So Let's Mix It Up is brought to you by Onsite Firearms Training. They have an extensive course offering and teach classes across the country. You're guaranteed to find a course to meet your needs, so check them out and get trained by the same outfit that trains the gun experiment. So on this episode of Let's Mix It Up, we discuss considerations behind buying your first 1911. And I figured, who better to talk about that with than you, Nick? So okay. um, I want I, I'm going to put you in a little bit of a bind here. I think you can handle it. So obviously okay. uh like I said before not everybody is looking to buy a $10,000 gun or $50,000 gun. Some people aren't even looking to buy a $4,000 gun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but there there are certainly 1911s that can be had for $1,200, $1,500, $2,000. Um certainly <laughs> within the realm of possibility. So what are some considerations? So I'm going to I'll start it off here. Um and this may be a little be, a little bit different, but I'm going to start with, Keith knows is a big one for me, is training considerations. So what I mean by that is if you are used to, maybe you're used to owning a gun, like I own polymers, um, and you you pull them out and you pull the trigger and they go boom. Uh, If you're not used to working a manual safety, you need to be sort of dedicated to that. Uh, I always say if you're a brand new shooter, someone who's never had a gun, and you're anticipating, yeah, you know, I may get to the range once in a while, whatever – I don't know that a 1911 is for you. Like, I don't, I don't know that I would want to have a gun that I'm going to like once in a while grab and throw in a holster and not train with that manual safety. I think you have to make a dead no, dedication I'd, to that. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah.
1: And, and I mean, honestly, like I'll, I'll, I'll be right there. I don't know if I'm going off on a tangent here, but like I'm, when people ask me, I'm buying my first handgun, what, what should I get? I say a Glock 19 or some derivative there. Like that's, for a first gun, yes, like that's what you want. There is more that goes into getting a nineteen eleven from a training standpoint, from an understanding standpoint, sure. and the fact that your first nineteen eleven has to be full size forty five. Like you need to get you need to get used to something else before you go full size forty
2: five. I, I would agree with that. Do you have anything you want to? Do you have uh, maybe a consideration that you would want to put up there?
1: So for your first nineteen eleven,
2: yep. things you'd want to think
1: yeah, considerations
0: to picking one.
1: Okay. So not like brand consideration. So you suppose it well, could be, I'll say it, yeah. you
0: know, I suppose that could be something. I mean, you're going to be a little slighted to one, I would think
1: <laughs> or two. Well, yeah, no, no. If you're going to have to get in and there's going to be a lot of, there's going to be a lot of people yelling uh, in all caps when I say this, but you're going to really have to, um, get in like the, the thousand dollar range to really you know have something that i would say is reliable and i know that doesn't mean that something else isn't reliable that's reliable 1911 that's not going to sour your opinion on the platform well it's interesting because it is a very go ahead nick it's a finicky pat it's a it's a she's a finicky mistress yep. okay and And, you know, full size 45 is what it was intended for. So I would definitely start there. No, none of the subcompacts, nine millimeter, 38 super. I don't know who would get that for their first 1911 or 10 millimeter, but for full size 45. And I would say like, you know, it's like a Springfield. So Springfield Armory actually makes some good stuff. Like the higher end people go, oh, there's a lot of MEM parts, metal injection molded. Well, yeah, sure, whatever. But there's they have very respectable entry level pieces, um, and like a Springfield Mill Spec, if you want to get very close to like a, you know, an inexpensive entry level gun that maybe you could upgrade in the future, Springfield Mill Spec is a a great place to start. There, I've
2: always liked the um, uh, Springfield. Is it the? Um... Range officer, I think it's called. Yeah, range officer. That's what I've always kind of been like. That's like a decent, like a decent kind of starting point, in my opinion. Yeah,
1: yeah. Range officer is a good gun. Springfield has a lot of, you know, they, they they. make the parts good that really, really matter as far as like, you know, forged frames and, you know, billet slides and whatnot. And you can always replace the guts, have a gunsmith do it. Obviously you can replace the guts if you're not happy with certain things, but you know, it's, it's a good place to start. A lot of people do a lot of builds starting on springers.
0: You, you, uh, you mentioned the reliability piece. Like, can we talk, let's talk about that a little bit because there, you know, there are varying levels of reliability on 1911s, uh, in particular, I think. And You know, one of the things that I always have heard is that, you know, obviously the more money you spend, the better the reliability you would expect. Um, But, you know, you guys kind of hang your hat on some very tight tolerances and Mm -hmm. there's a point where you go too tight,
2: right? So... Yeah, I I read something that you guys, your tolerances are like one-sixth the size of a human hair in some... Right. In to some place. That, that's crazy. Like so That seems like yes. that seems like watertight, like a frog's ass, you know, like
1: <laughs> Yeah, yes. Yeah, some things are going, you know, into the fourth place on on, you know, decimals for sure. Um, but you know, so so tightness, like I'll, I'll put like cabot aside. Um, you know, tightness can be detrimental if it's not straightness too. Like oh. having something that's tight but not straight that makes sense. is not is not good. That makes sense. But tight and straight is okay. Okay. Like that's, you know, you got rails that are, that are kind of wonky. The guy, the gun might feel tight, but like, as soon as you start to unlock it, like the rails kind of take a little detour along. And so, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff there. So you want, you know, for a brand new shooter, a, a tight gun, um, I wouldn't recommend because I mean, we have guns that on, on the alchemy side, when people get a hard fit gun, like I hand them to, to full grown men that I've been shooting 45s forever and they can't, um, they can't, operate the gun without really giving it some heave to because it's a it's a hard fit gun like the my my personal Quantico um, is very very tight because I like that fit and it it just shoots amazing it feels like clockwork but anyway getting back to considerations for first guns five inch you know 45 you just want to make sure you're staying with good materials forge frames billet slides I mean maybe forge slides I don't know how many people are doing those for the most part um, but just, you know, good parts, a good platform, but yeah, a lot of full size springers out there. If you want to start springing a little, spending a little more money, um, you can get into Ed Brown's, um, and you know, um, uh, my mind's totally blanking on the other guys in that category, but, uh, Ed Brown makes a very good gun. Dan Wesson. Dan Wesson yep. Okay. So see, so see. Les Bear is that one? Them.
2: Is that Les Bear?
1: less bear would be a higher okay. end and less bear less bears doing lots of stuff like So Rob Shawland, who started alchemy worked for less for years and learned a lot of good stuff from him on like, you know, hand fitting and basically doing a lot with a little, um, and you're going to get a very tight gun from less and, and you're going to get what you get. Cause it's that old school gunsmith mentality that a lot of people like for a new person. I wouldn't go there because it's, if you're not ready for that, i wouldn't you you you're not expecting it it might not be the best 1911 experience and that's why i'd say like a brand new 1911 shooter like you know i would get something more production personally to try it out now i'm totally i went against my own you know words here because my first personal 1911 was a cabin (laughs) (laughs) my first 1911
0: is going to be this nighthawk yeah
2: well and that brings me to another thing so You know, you can go looking at 1911s and go down the uh, Instagram rabbit hole. One thing I think Mm -hmm. that someone needs to consider is their purpose. And so what I mean by that is, and I I can sum it up with this, but then I'll go into a little more detail. Is it a tactical EDC or is it a safe queen, right? So, you know, you can go and get like pearl handled, like really beautiful, like scroll work done. I mean, I suppose you you could carry that, but let's be honest. Your hands get a little sweaty, a little bloody, a little dirty, a little wet, and those pearl handles may not be the best choice, but you get something with checkering on it yeah. and more, more tactical and more, um, you know, purpose driven for that sort of EDC role. You know, all those things play a factor, right? Um, there's a lot, a lot of things oh, yeah, that totally. are important there. So I think someone looking to buy something is they really need to say, I know someone he bought, he bought a 1911 and it was like all like tricked out and kind of like, I mean, it you know, and I'm thinking you're never going to carry this thing ever right Mm -hmm. and he doesn't you know he goes to the range where he shoots you know 50 rounds and i'm carrying goes right back keith swears he's going to carry it so keith you kind of made a decision when you know you you decide to kind of go higher end right out of the gate um do you want to talk a little bit about the heritage because i mean we had those guys on the show and like what made you kind of go with the heritage you went with
0: well yeah uh it was uh, we had him on the show i i really liked the story and um then I got uh, an opportunity to shoot a few of them. And uh, I just, I was like, this is it. This is the one I want to get. And then, you know, I I, I guess, you know, I was kind of nudged a little bit because I happened to be in the right place at the right time. And, you know, um, our buddy Frank happened to get one at our shop that wasn't spoken for. And uh, I just, I saw it and I was kind of like, I got a little sentimental about it. Like, yeah. I saw it. I was like, I, this is mine. I'm, t- I, this is, I, I want this. And then I sent it back for the interchangeable optic system and
2: still haven't seen it. Haven't seen <laughs> it. <laughs> never, never saw it again.
0: <laughs> Held it in my hands, got it on my permit before
1: I even.
2: <laughs> yeah. Still not back. Still not back. I mean, I was even saying today. Oh, see. Go ahead, Nick, sorry.
1: Oh, well, what's cool is like, you know, this is the cool thing about 1911s and really guns in general. Like, I, I, I think and I don't want to speak ill of the dead but the, the Gucci Glock market is kind of is kind of dying and dead and you know there's still some good stuff being done out there now I it it's not completely gone but the 1911 and the 2011 are where that's at because there's yeah there's a ton of history you
0: know, and and
1: there's a ton of history and so like you got a gun and you immediately said I'm sending it back because I want something different on yeah, it. Like, yeah this is totally un this is uncharted territory for the gun industry that for so long has just sold stuff to distributors that then goes to dealers and gets to your door and if it breaks well you're, you're sol you know what i mean it's it's very like, personal it's purchase personal. yeah that's super cool well, and- i was
2: i was even saying that like the heritage of like you might you might get someone who says i want a cult 45 45 caliber like you know the gun that won two like literally that's the gun right like that's the gun that won yep. two world wars like but you don't have to, right? Like you could go for there's a, now they make nine millimeter, right? Like you don't have to do that, but there's the opportunity with a with a with a 1911 that there actually is a heritage, and that
0: is why I think we're having this conversation about these considerations that you have to kind of make because every custom 1911 has a story, right? Like yep. we learned about a new one tonight that was new to me, yeah. or uh, you know, since we've been researching it and, and they all have their own unique story and, and somebody could get attached to that
2: story. Yeah. Not and, to, not to diverge from this, but, uh, I, I've never, I've never had a strong desire for a 1911. It just, they don't speak to me, it's but, yeah, but, um, there's just certain guns that if you look at the history, like, so you mentioned the Glock 19, that in, in its own right, that, that gun has a place in firearms history that is very, very special. Like, you know, you, oh, you yeah. know what I mean. Like, you almost you could make an argument. Some like, some people are barfing gun, over that comment. But, no, no, no. But I, I don't think so. Like, there are certain guns that you can make an argument. Like, everyone should have. There's certain guns that have a place in people's like um, gun safe. And I would argue that a yeah. gun like a Glock 19 or a gun like it there's a role that that gun fills. It would be a very important gun to have in your... I see your point. Right? 1911...
1: I I do some YouTube channels, my own YouTube channel stuff, and I'm doing a whole series on guns that should be in your safe. It's coming up And I think a a 1911
2: is one of those. I think a Glock 19 actually could be one of those. You know what I mean? So not to get off topic, but I think uh, you mentioned 2011s, and I said 1911s don't speak Mm -hmm. to me, but lately, 2011s have really been speaking to me. So... I could see that yeah. coming. Is that how you justified your wife that you're, you know, I got to buy this gun. It's speaking to me. <laughs> not, not yet, but <laughs> if she's not listening to this, I'm no, going to use, use that. that yeah, yeah, I'm going to use that. You can steal that. Yeah. So listen, I, I, I want to. I, res- I tell my wife I trade guns. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I want to respect your time, Nick, but I want to give you the uh, sort of uh, the last ups here. Um, what is your last consideration that you would want to put on the board?
1: Um, you know, when, when you're getting a 1911, I'd say the, the main consideration and this is, I have to think about it for a second. Cause I'm, I'm trying to put it into words, but what it really is, is does the 1911 speak to you? And I know you said that, but like, that's, that's something that I, I actually say, and does the story of it does how it's made? Cause it's, it's not just something, I mean, there are some that are just assembled, um, but for the most part, 1911s have a lot of manual labor in them, no matter what. So there is, there is a story behind it, whether it's made in the U S whether it's, you know, classic looking cause there's so many different styles of it. Is it, does it really fit your personality? Um, and to say a gun fits your personality could be kind of like narcissistic. No, I, like, oh, I, I it's me, I get that, but it, it does, does the gun fit your personality um, I'd say is a real a real thing when it comes to 1911s because yeah. they they have soul. Yeah, they have soul that you. I mean, an older guns too have soul. Like, look at look at getting uh, you know, get a used gun. Like, the thing about guns is, you know, people don't shoot them very much. They buy guns, and most used guns have fewer than 500 rounds. Look at getting a used gun, like a used glued gun has all this wear on it. Um, oh, I guess another consideration when you're getting a gun is. Scratch it up, <laughs> scratch it up, shoot it. Like, don't don't have say unless you like are you know unless you're buying a two
0: hundred fifty thousand dollar meteorite, nineteen
1: eleven. Yeah, <laughs> do whatever you want there. Um, you know th- that's on you. But you know, like the four or five. Like I, I carry a a, a Cabot Nero or a hard chrome Quantico high cap from Alchemy. You know, both of those guns are four or five thousand dollars plus. But I, I carry them appendix. You know, Kydex. Every Kydex day, or leather. And, and, Oh, Kylie, all day good long. Man, man. Good man. Yeah, dude. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I agree scratched. with
2: what you're saying about them having a soul and, like, kind of what. Like, so I'll give you an example. And, like, anyone who's a regular listener will get this and kind of laugh. But Keith and I would, if we were buying, if we were going to go to the store right now, we were going to both go buy 1911s. He would come out with something, like, kind of traditional with, like, wood grip, hand, rosewood handle, <laughs> checkering. And mine would be, like, all black and, like, you know, like, <laughs> su- yeah. super slick looking. True. like Way different. Like, just what what draws his eye and what draws my eye are very very different different. and that's not to say like i probably would go for a shotgun first (laughs) yeah that's that's exactly what happened but yeah so when you say that it has a soul and it speaks to you uh you know i i i definitely agree with that so anyway uh you know nick i i really want to thank you for uh coming on and discussing all the details that go into the design and creation and marketing of these beautiful 1911s and uh cabot is really creating unique and artistic firearms and it was a pleasure to get to talk to you and learn more about the company and and really see that you know there's a lot of thought that goes into what you guys are doing and and we really appreciate that so uh thank you so much and 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 again thank you for kind of doing your part in mainstreaming firearms and getting it out there to the masses because i think that's super important
1: well, thanks. Thanks for having me
2: on. Of course. Anytime. We'd love to have you back. So to everyone listening, we want to thank you again for taking the time out of your day to tune into our show. You can find the links in the show notes to all of our social media. So be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and Discord so we can keep the conversation going.